1: Welcome to the B-Sides. We are a podcast for lefties who believe that pop music matters. And I'm Hannah Zod. I am holding down the B-Sides for today. I miss Becky and Mimi as much as you all do, but I am here with some special guests that I cannot wait to introduce you all to. Welcome to this mini episode. We're in between seasons one and two, um, coming at you from stay-at-home orders all across Washington, D.C. right now. Um, So subscribe to the B-Sides if you haven't already. Season two is coming, um, and once it comes back, we uh, drop a new episode every other Wednesday. Subscribing makes it way easier and way more fun to keep up. And all those subscribes really mean a lot to us. Um, And thanks for all the support in between seasons one and two. It's been awesome. See you on Instagram. See you on our Facebook group. We're loving uh, the conversations that we're having with all of you every day. Today, we are excited to have Frass Green. A DC band, informed in equal parts by the rambling energy of early garage rock, coupled with the simple sounds and harmonies of the 1960s, Frass Green, comprised of Joe, Tyler, Antonio, and Matt, makes basement beach pop from the heart of Washington, DC, where I live too, um, as well as Mimi. The band released its full group uh, first full group effort in summer 2019 for you, made up of songs recorded in various DC apartments, and to follow that up, um, we have uh, an EP called The Death of Pop, which was recorded in part remotely while in quarantine, which I definitely want to hear more about, um, and is released on May 29th of this year, which is so exciting. Congrats congrats to the band. Um, we're so happy to have you. You, um, you all are our second artist that we've interviewed, um, but first full band, so this four... A Four-person interview is something I'm very excited about, and I'm uh, looking forward to diving into this conversation about the EP and also to hear about your relationship to um, the music scene and to pop music in general as artists. Um, so thank you all for being on.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank okay. you.
1: So that people can start to get to know your voices, because there are four of you on the screen right now. Why don't we um, go around if you could introduce yourselves, Maybe just say your name, what you play um, in the band and) Without being too much of an icebreakery, but I am an organizer, so I have to ask an icebreaker question. Maybe the question can be: um, What song on this EP you have the fondest memories of? Like while creating. Oh boy! So name what you play, and like what song is like? Oh, I love that one.
2: <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm Joe. I play guitar and sing. Uh, my fondest so- song on the EP would, I guess, be. I guess it would probably be Death of Pop. Um, that seems, I think that that is my personal favorite of the bunch.
3: I'm Antonio. I played with Rask Green. And I think um, I would immediately go with Joe's same answer, but to mix it up, I think No Passion, um, I think No Passion is the one.
2: Yeah, we gotta plug all of them. So,
1: yes, right. Just go one down <laughs> the, line.
3: the fondest memory of just it's so much fun to play. It was uh, was a lot of fun to write and develop a part for, um, and a little different than like the approach that I typically take to songwriting, so that one sticks with me quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I'm Matt. I play uh, lead guitar, and I also play violin uh, on some of the tracks. Uh, I would say Death of Pop is probably my favorite, because I think the harmonies, to me, stand out the most, and uh, that's, I think, what... I always am like most interested in really bringing forward with this group. Um, But for energy, for fun, for like playing live, She's Not Game always gets people to, you know, get interested and get going. So that's definitely another big highlight.
1: Amazing.
4: I am Tyler. I play bass and keys. And I think to finish them off, uh, my favorite is dance um, because it's, noticeably hard to dance to until the end (laughs) when we really really bring like a disco vibe and that Uh we bonded over a disco song so yeah
1: I love the song dance I love the instrumental break I'm like rocking out um so these are like great songs it's great to hear that you know you all have some things that you have in common in terms of what Um, is close to your heart but um, I'd love to just hear tell us more about the EP Death of Pop like where it came from what it was like to record it um, what was it like to record in quarantine like whoa that's a lot tell us yeah
2: um, I can start talking about the like initial recording Um, yeah so I guess actually before we put out the album last summer we'd started playing around with some of these songs and then we kind of just like worked on them as a band and playing them uh, like around DC um, to sort of flesh them out. And then we started recording all together the drum parts in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really great. We were working well together and, you know, continued reporting, uh, recording parts. And then right, the shutdown happened and um, we had to finish it off basically uh, remotely. I know Tyler and Matt recorded um, vocals separately. Tonino. Antonio recorded um, some different like percussive parts separately. So they might be able to talk about that a little bit more, the difficulties.
1: Yeah, like how do you vibe with each other? Like how do you, I don't know, that's like, sounds hard. It is, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we were lucky that most of the songs were pretty well established in terms of what we wanted to play. We had been practicing them for months and months and, and really had been playing almost all of them live. And I think that was the most fun part about it for me was, you know, knowing obviously the guitar parts had to be, not had to be, but were going to be the way that we had already established them. And a lot of the vocal lines were going to be, uh, you know, what we had already practiced all together. And then the finishing touches that normally is a very collaborative effort, all of us Mm. in one room having fun thinking, oh, what could go on to this track? What fun harmonies could we put here? What auxiliary percussion, what little string parts, whatever they are. Normally that is, I think, almost like the most collaborative part of it. So doing that separately was very interesting. And I wanna give a, a huge shout out to Joe for being the one that mixes all of the music and takes all of our individual parts and really makes it frass screen. Um, so- You get to stay in the band.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I let be careful. <laughs> and I suddenly. <laughs>
0: so to, to me, that was uh, so interesting to to make that no longer a very collaborative process to just sort of put those parts, like for me specifically, the violin parts into a recorder that I had to, you know, that Joe put on his patio and I like rode my bike to, picked it up and brought it back, like all contactlessly, uh, put it in myself, give it back to him and say, you know, hopefully you like this please do something great with it. And uh, of course wow. he did, which is a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. It's definitely interest- interesting to have like the onus beyond me for my own part completely, yeah. you know, the peanut gallery <laughs> <laughs> in a way. Like, I really appreciate having input when we're going through the process and recording together Being like, Oh, what about this? And what about this? Or try this during this part and it makes it a lot easier. You know, making all those decisions by myself is horrible a lot of pressure uh, it is it is a really uh, like shed some light on my process I think and gave me perspective like many things in my life during quarantine but that was a big one like even writing a tambourine part for one of the songs I found myself questioning where's my band, (laughs) what to do here, (laughs) or helping me make this decision.
0: I think normally we're a a couple beers deep at that point and just kind of questions out the window. I
3: was a couple beers deep questioning myself, which (laughs) is a
1: more introspective experience. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. An introspective tambourine experience. That's a a thing, that's a thing,
3: yeah. Single frisbee
1: it sounds like you you know you could do it you rose to the occasion but it's not ideal like you wouldn't choose to do this again i no,
3: like definitely playing a that. tambourine in yeah. a room with my friends and not by yeah. myself
1: yeah talk to yeah. joe jonas about that i don't know if you know, he's, <laughs> he's the tambourine guy in, in, in the band i'm sure he would not like to do that alone he's his bros
2: i like that a lot i like to think of tonino as joe jonas
1: yeah, I, mean, I just met you uh, 17 minutes ago, but I, I'd like to thank that as well.
2: Yeah,
0: I'll take the fourth Jonas brother, the one that's not in the band. That's fine. The bonus. It was coming my way anyway. I'll just Jonas Jonas.
1: Yeah, that's a, That's what he's called. Yeah, the Frankie, Jonas. the bonus Jonas. I mean, welcome to the B sides. You're already talking about the Jonas Brothers. I'm sorry. Yes. I, uh, oh, man, used to
2: that. Didn't they just put out an album recently?
1: Are they, they doing stuff? <laughs> They're doing stuff. They put out a few songs. I don't know when their next album. Actually, I should oh, know. Okay. I should know. I don't know what their plan is for <laughs> the next album, but they have been putting out some singles that I think are fine. You yeah. know, they're fine.
4: <laughs> is it better? Is it better than Watermelon Sugar?
1: Watermelon Sugar. I. It's not. I. I love Watermelon Sugar in its oh. own special way. <sighs> oh. Yeah, so I th- I it's I don't think that it's better than watermelon sugar. But if you ha- like, if you hate watermelon sugar, I get it. Like I understand. But I really like it. You know, some songs I'm like, if you hate it, you're a bad person. This is a song <laughs> where I'm like, if you hate, okay, I understand. I see where you're coming it just from.
4: Seems, it seems forced. It seems a little forced. You know.
1: Yes. Just a little. Yes. The whole song, or literally the phrase "watermelon sugar." You mean
4: the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing
1: i understand he did say i don't know if anyone else in
4: the band knows it go ahead sorry do you know it are we talking about music
1: we are talking about a harry styles song okay (laughs) we went to harry styles um he actually said it took him like one of the longest like it took him a really long time i think one of the longest it took him on the album something like that maybe as musicians that's interesting in terms of like You know, sometimes when you are working on a song for so long, like, it can blossom and, like, suddenly clicks and there it is. And sometimes when you're working on a song for so long, like, maybe you shouldn't work on it anymore. Like, maybe it was actually, like, and he got the title Watermelon Sugar because, like, he saw it on a book in the studio. It was, like, the title of the book in the studio. You know, so, like, it is, for like, you're picking up on something that's real, which is, like, he couldn't crack this song and, like, then found a title on a book. And that's what it was. So, it's real.
4: You guys should hear it. You'd really love it. We should cover it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that would be, that song is probably really fun to cover, I will say. I bet it would be fun. You know, this, this EP is called Death of Pop. So what does that song or this album, this EP, have to do with pop music? You know, what, what was it about the, the phrase Death of Pop that was um, enticing? Because as a pop fan, I see that and I'm like, rude. Why? <laughs> Where? Why is it dead? What's going on? But then also, I'm like, ah, yeah. So tell me about, about that title.
2: Yeah, well, the the title came from the song, um, which, right, like the song Death of Pop doesn't have those words in it anywhere. Right. Um, the title for that song, and ultimately, I think it played out throughout the EP was sort of, um, it, it came from this, this song called The Death of Pop by a band called The Rub. And like the lyrical sentiment in that song is sort of like... Um, like you can talk about all like the failings of Western culture, um, but I just like don't wanna hear about how pop is dead basically. Um, And I liked that a lot um, because while even though I don't, I don't necessarily agree all the time that we're just uh, a straightforward pop band. Yeah. um, I think that there is a lot of comfort in pop uh, and for myself and maybe for other people in the band too. it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very comforting place that, uh, that you can go to. And, and we all really like enjoy making the music that we make. So, um, if people say it's pop, then that's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just, it it feels good. And I think pop is, that's really what it is. It's just like, makes you feel good in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe death of pop is sort of like, trying to be like, uh, you know, we're, we're a pop band, but not really, but also, you know, here's a pop EP.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, for me, I always didn't mind the label of pop getting put on this music because yeah. I, I think we're not trying to hide anything about this music that could be enjoyed by anyone. You know, even if we're, you know, not necessarily trying to like, you know, bring the like, condensing of the mix to like you know the same level that a lot of like current pop music is or we're not adding a lot of synths or we're not you know doing a lot of like very obvious catchy vocal lines you know repeated over and over and over that a lot of pop music is. I always am comfortable with the label just because I think we are trying to make music that people can enjoy and dance to and you know not sort of feel like they need to have any kind of like deeper either cultural knowledge or musical mm-hmm. knowledge to enjoy
1: i don't remember in something that i read about the ep there was uh, a phrase about how this is uh, one of the themes is like aging out of a scene and just that con that like very fraught um set of emotions of aging out of a scene like is that a theme that carries through the the title of the song or the album death of pop in terms of you know you've we've now mentioned kind of synonymous with pop things like the word comfort enjoyment which isn't necessarily doesn't have to be pop and it's certainly not only pop right we all have comfort in many other kinds of um and enjoyment of course and many other kinds of music but is aging out of a scene aging out of something that is is important or meaningful i don't know is like is that a theme that carries into the the reason that you called the whole thing death of pop
2: i think probably to some extent um i think that uh d c is a really uh, it 's a really good place in a lot of ways but it 's also a, yeah. a a tough place to 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 be a band and to i mean to be an artist really of any sort yeah. um, because it is it is you know it's it's very much like the bureaucratic capital and it 's very expensive to live um, so the idea of bohemia is is mm. just like non existent for the most part um and i think that comes through um, in a lot of ways in the music scene in that, um, you know, everyone's got to work a lot if they want to live in the city. Um, and I think those pressures put constraints on a scene that's, that sometimes, like, choke it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I I guess for me, I have, like, perceived those pressures and felt like uh, any, like, possibility, not any, but A lot of the possibilities of a scene blossoming are like constricted by, just like this system of DC. (laughs) It's just pop pop music,
1: right? (laughs) Um, where where are your favorite places to play in DC?
2: Big shout out to DC Nine, uh, Uh the home base. Uh, I used to work there, um, and they are uh, yeah, just just great people over there.
0: Always supported us since you know the beginning. I think we had our really first ever club show there, and yes. you know, yeah, friends with the owner. Bill is the man. Wow!
2: Shout out to Amber as well. Mm-hmm. DC's That's real awesome. power couple.
0: But DC does you know have a lot of venues that yeah. you know play you know that allow local bands. I mean, this is the only city that I've ever had like a real you know band with a local presence. But um, I, you know, I don't feel like we have a lack of venues necessarily or or necessarily a lack of people that are interested in the kind of music we play or you know I think the scene is strong but you know it's not necessarily you know something like in LA or New York where you hear right. that there's an obvious path to what we're doing here to then gaining a wider audience outside of it. Um, right. And that's a good thing in some ways because I think it makes a lot of the people in that are making music here in DC really want to support each other in a very real way um, and that's something that we felt there's a lot of bands that when we were first starting out really wanted us to like get better and helped us you know by you know booking us on shows and stuff um, but the fact that it's, there's less of that avenue out of this like very circular scene uh, I think is pretty uniquely to my perspective here compared to a place like New York where um, yeah you can see a lot of bands maybe competing for those spots that you know exist
3: that's right, right. Like being from the Bay Area, and I've talked to you guys about this before. And I think that idea of a clear path, like you play at these venues and then you get big or whatever it is, you know, right? People, like that there's more of a space here. It's more amorphous and it's like hmm. there's room for creativity and room for a lot of people, and the path isn't clear. But it's, I think that is a result of there being a lot of space and opportunity for that while it's still being a difficult place that is you know, exclusive in a certain way and constricted due to the fact that it's a city, it's expensive to live here. And there's a lot of type A folk due to the bureaucratic nature of DC. But it's nice to see that kind of in relief with a very artistic and open space. And from my experience in like Bay Area, growing up in that
1: kind of scene,
3: um, it's very open here.
1: Do we, where do you all live? I live in Mount Pleasant.
2: Nice. Bloomingdale nice. for me. Bloomingdale? Yeah, old
4: Bloomy. Glover Park. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there are <laughs> a lot of
1: musicians there.
4: Actually,
0: yes. Beecher Street, yes.
4: Cool. And some.
0: But no. not to mention, that was, you know, the original Discord folk. We're all up in that Discord. part of town. Oh. Yeah, Back On in my the day. street. Discord, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Um, yeah, I live in Swampoodle. Oh, that's
1: right, that center, little part of, yeah. The
0: center of Washington, D.C., so I'm cool. <laughs> beautiful,
1: beautiful. Yeah.
0: Sort of, there's a lot of musicians, I think, in that area, sort of centered around Seven Drum City, <laughs> the uh, drum studio, music studio, rehearsal oh, cool. space of a lot of bands, um, where we also, you know, have to give a lot of credit to, you know, any, any ability for us to make <laughs> musical connections. Yeah, we, were,
2: we were really horrible for a long time. And practicing a seven drum, I think, made us tolerable.
1: Yeah. It's important to be horrible at something for a while. Makes you appreciate when you're not <laughs> horrible at it. I agree. <laughs> yeah.
4: We did all live together when that was going on, too. And wow. Not all. Two and two.
1: Uh-huh. And then, Paired
4: and, off. And then we had to, one year, we were like, that was great. We're gonna, We're going
0: to. It was Joe a
2: whirlwind. Kick, Joe kicked me out, yeah.
1: happens i didn't
2: kick him out you know set the record straight i just moved a couple of streets away
3: and this is how we inside the band's breaking
1: up oh no (laughs) you weren't here first god okay happy things um what's another happy question i have so that we don't talk about the band breaking up oh okay 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 so now that we've also you know we're talking about um your relationship to pop music as musicians, a little bit. Um, I would just love to hear more about what your relationship is to um, pop music as artists, both in terms of like, you know, the, the art of the music you're creating, but also as the, as the business of, of music, which is like trying to get people to like the stuff that you like too, and, and that balance. I'd love to hear.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up like being a, a local band that's making love songs is definitely not the coolest route to go like lovey pop songs, you know, like it's just it, you know, you have to be like really good to get over that hump, you know, like better uh-huh. than we are, I'd say. Um, and uh, right, the album we put out last year was like pretty much all just love songs like straightforward, you know, um, we definitely did not want to do the same thing for this mm-hmm. EP um, but also, I think probably the biggest, like, single inspiration in, like, feeling for this EP was On the Radio by Donna Summer. So, it, you wow. know, we wound up making just, Live. like, maybe even poppier music than before, but not as straightforward love songs. Um, and w- we didn't, like, design it. Like, it's not like we were like, oh, we're going to have a more poppy sound. It just sort of happened over the period, yeah. of, you know, the last two years. So only so much you can do to direct that. It kind of just happens.
0: Yeah, I do want to, like, jumping on that, I, I do feel the same way that, you know, in the in the moment of writing the songs, it really is just, you know, not necessarily thinking about the context of that. It's really, okay, there's like eight bars, you know, what cool guitar part can I throw on top of what Joe's playing, you know? Right. Uh, but then at the end of the day, you can sort of go back and think, you know, what does this sound like? and You know, maybe what direction does this take us as a band? But it's really more, I think, reflective than, you know, a motivation.
3: I think for me, like like my relationship as a musician to pop in the context of Frass is the intent behind it, is that we take a serious and great deal of time and care and intention with the stuff that we put together and how we write songs together and how we share our ideas, our inspiration and how we put the music together, which is like the absolute antithesis of something to me, coming from a jazz background, like that's the opposite, like that's the out the window completely. This is designed to make us happy, to make other people happy and to sound good.
2: Um, Death of Jazz is our next EP. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's only Tonino screaming in- for <laughs> into the
3: void, yeah. Uh, no, but I love that aspect is that we get to craft it and we can actually try things out and experiment with it together, which is same in any you know, musical situation but we're crafting a piece that's designed to, or part, that's designed to be a certain way or feel a certain way or make somebody else feel a certain way,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? which is kind of a similar thing that you might do in like a jazz context, but it's improv and it's a little looser uh-huh. where we're crafting something that is meant to you know, be predetermined and beautiful. Yeah. And I love that part of it because I know what I can play and I can bring my attention to incredible details that maybe I wouldn't in a more loose jammy kind of context and that's that's what I love about pop is that I kind of know what I need to do and I can in the moment or in a recording situation figure out how to make that the the most that it can be
1: yeah and it feels like you can have different kinds of outlets for different kinds of you know ways of expressing Mm -hmm. that you have that, that outlet in jazz if you want to go with that vibe and you also know how to kind of play by some of the rules of pop music, which I actually, you know, I've, this whole project is about like defining pop and figuring out what pop is and I'll never have an answer. And that's kind of what's fun, but having rules, I think is a, is a part of it. Um, it's not something I've thought a lot about, but it, it's certainly there, um, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Ridge, chorus chorus like that you know that's one of the kinds of rules that that's very comforting for people that makes people like understand what's going on know what they're hearing and that kind of structure um is i'm i'm sure a lot of ways lim- limiting and then a lot of ways like once you nail it you can just flourish within
2: those Completely. rules yeah i i feel like the the term pop is like uh a negative thing uh in like the the yeah. way it's used often it seems like it it um is used to suggest like a lack of skill or like a, right. a, a lack of intent and i think that it's it's really pretty much the opposite in good pop uh like it's it's all about craft and structure and intent Absolutely. so
4: that's Can kind I of i think question? what we're
2: interested in you have Can a
4: question a question?
2: Uh, quick question um,
4: <laughs> yes do tyler you, do you think pop music is just anything that either becomes popular or is self-defined as pop? Like it can be both, like if a Chaz song gets very popular, can it become pop music? Or is it- I
1: like see some heads sh- shaking.
4: No, so you don't think, Tonina. So you think if a super song
3: gets- Are you asking me this
4: question? No, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I really have no idea. But, or is it a self-defined, because I can think of so many types of music that are inspired by different people, yeah. but my, I might call pop music.
1: Yeah. Why were you shaking your head?
3: I think that goes back to intent, right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone wants it to be pop and they put that, you know, into the music when they're creating it, you can't tell them no. And that's what it is. Like, but I see where you're coming from, from the opposite perspective. It's so, like, yeah. Prescribing something as pop. Sure. I can, I, guess I can also see how that happens. But my immediate reaction was like, you no, know, if it's fucking pop, it's
0: pop.
4: Like, pet sounds is pop, and then, like, Kelly yeah. Clarkson is pop.
0: Right. You know, right? I th- well, I think because pop gets defined in the-, in the moment in which it yeah. exists, right? Like, right now, you could hear, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. like a- Lewis Capaldi, baby. <laughs> well, I think that's more, right, that's more, like, definitely pop, because it's, like, very simple song structure and simple, yes. you know, piano lines, but, you know, something like, you know, a Calvin Harris, very EDM inspired uh-huh. song that has, like, a big drop and maybe a little bit of vocals. We can call that pop now because yeah. it got really popular when like I was in high school or middle school. Right. But like, you know, in the 90s, a song that came out that sounded like that, no one would be like, like or maybe I should That's go so back true. farther, but like, oh, this isn't pop, you know? So like, right. you know, a, a jazz song that comes out now isn't pop. But, I mean, and uh, jazz maybe is, is, is too separated, but like the Beatles were a pop band, you know, make playing rock and roll music in a pop right. setting. And, you know, now if we came out and played, you know, a Beatles set or something extremely inspired by that, everyone would be like, oh, this is classic rock. This is classic rock, you know? Right. I think it it just has to shift.
1: Right. Something, and this is a question that we like literally wrestle with in the B-sides constantly because there's there's no one good answer because the short answer is pop is descriptive of what's popular. That's what it's short for. That's what the Wikipedia says. Like that's that. And I think um, pop does expand and contract based on whatever culture is, is vibing with in the moment, like a Calvin Harris. I think that was like a perfect example. And there's also limits to that. Right. Because, you know, if you look at, if you look at like Spotify, top 40, right now I actually haven't done this recently so I'm not sure if I'm gonna be talking out of my butt here but it's actually mostly hip-hop right but we're still calling hip-hop hip-hop and we're not calling it pop right so I think that's actually um I think that's in some ways a, a musical determination and in a lot of ways like a race determination and that's like really loaded and interesting to me um thinking about like why like if you want to call you know the most popular songs pop like that's hip hop right now. That's not pop music. But the pop music that's coming out is, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen. Today, when we recorded, released her um, B sides of her last album, a whole album of B sides today. It is perfect pop, and it's not going. She's, you know, it's not going to be big. People are not going to listen to it unless they're a Carly Rae fan or unless they know what's good for them. Um, but it's like not going anywhere, <laughs> and and that's okay. And that's like, and and that's not the plan, right? So. I don't, you know, this question of, like, what makes pop, I think there is something I'm always thinking about is what you guys were mentioning in terms of, like, there's something about it being accessible. There's something about it being, like, understandable. But other, other genres are like that, too, so it's hard. I think and there's pre-meditated
3: also... Premeditated goodness. I don't know.
0: Premeditated goodness, yeah.
3: Oh, It's I cultural. Love
0: that. It's also
4: so cultural, I think, is yes. what matters. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
3: And
1: yeah. yeah, totally. Matt, were you gonna say something also? Yeah,
0: totally blew it out of my window because now I'm just thinking of getting that tattooed on me. You know. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remeditated goodness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what part of
3: your body? I'm starting um, a cereal brand called. You that.
0: don't want to know.
1: It's personal. <laughs> it's gonna be a personal tattoo just for yeah. you.
0: Yeah, backwards oh. so I can read it in the mirror.
1: Do you know it's Rihanna good. has a tattoo like that? Ooh no. <laughs> Rihanna has a tattoo on her uh, collarbone that's backwards so that she can read it in the mirror for her, it's just for her. I like it. It says, Same. never a failure, always a lesson.
0: Wow. Was Ponda replay pop or was it just dance hall that got popular? Who knows? <laughs> we're, really getting, we're really getting into we're it. We're opening up <laughs> a lot of doors here. What um, I was going to say previously, I also think, that, you know, pop can sort of become, I think the way that like people that are very, very you know, deep divers into different genres of music can kind of throw away pop as being like something that people strictly listen to casually. Uh, And I think that's sort of the descriptor that I feel like we should all be avoiding. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That it doesn't exist as a genre and pop shouldn't, and there's a lot of bad music that people call pop, obviously, and and, you know, whether or not it's most of it or not, you know, I guess it depends on who you are, but there's that expectation of like, oh, if you like pop music, then you're a casual listener and I think that is what maybe what we're doing I don't mind it being called pop because I don't think we're trying we're not making it casually people want to listen to casually. that's fine but I would like them to not you know hopefully people can really you know find a lot of if they dig deep into it Um, but I don't think that is an antithesis of pop
1: yeah
3: Yeah. that goes against the creation of pop in so many
0: Right? Yeah, you think yeah. like Max Martin. Is I think there, about it, like I said, it's, it's intent
3: is in that music. That's what it is. You like listen to it, you design it. It feels good to be a casual listener. That kind of goes, it's just
0: an interesting.
1: Totally. Interesting
0: but does pop song, have right? to be it's good to a casual listener? With music that's incredibly mm. intent. No, it doesn't.
1: It's true. Like this, you know, the concept of like casual listening or like, what does it even mean? You know, I, we just had a whole kind of like fun debate on the B-Sides Instagram um, uh, a few weeks ago where people were talking about, you know, whether or not to listen to albums um, in full, in order. I feel very strongly that you should, that like, you don't have to all the time. Like once you've listened to the album, pick the ones you love and, you know, add it to your playlist or whatever. But like, if you're going to listen to an album, don't put it on shuffle. Like go for it. Do you got? Yes, I see nods. Oh my yes. god!
4: Yeah, so much yes. Totally uh, agree. You know, everyone's
2: yeah. born. You know, you- you've got choice. You you can do what you want, but good lord, don't do that. You know,
0: this is a Shuffle new thing it. to oh. me,
3: guys. It's definitely a new thing. I'm the one really to- actually, like talking about intent so much, and I feel like there is so much intent put into the order, but oh,
1: spot-
0: is that that's a question? Now and things right? are automatically shuffled. If like, so, like to Perry? popular Perry, yeah. Like, if a Katy Perry album has nine songwriters and 10 songs, are they ordering it with intent?
4: Right. I don't like know. Is
0: that is that production being ordered within? Intent? Definitely. Uh, commercial intent, intent
2: probably.
4: Those are things to take that into consideration, you know, but when someone writes a, an album, you know, uh, starting from the front, think, I think it's the best yeah. way to do it.
0: It's an interesting, yeah. you know, part of modern pop music is is the fact that you know the album doesn't exist as a physical structure anymore, right? Yes, right. You don't right. need to fit an album onto even a CD, let alone an LP. And uh, so, I mean, if if the artist isn't thinking that, and no one behind it is like thinking that, or even expecting their music to be listened to that way, yeah, I don't think the audience should be expected to listen to it that way. I mean, listen to *Sgt. Pepper* from beginning to end, but like,
1: yeah,
0: I don't think. Ariana Grande's album. This, I don't know if it flows or not, but like.
1: It flows, it flows. Okay, Her most recent one, I mean, all done. of them. Yeah, no, they flow, <laughs> yes. for sure.
0: Okay, yeah. I picked the, clearly I picked the worst example. Um...
4: So a priori, you go from the front, you go from, you started, I you I just think one. always.
1: I mean, yeah. I think that like, absolutely, as a body of work, you know, mainstream pop albums are not done, are not crafted in the same way that yours was crafted. Even just in the fact that like, you know, most of those singles, are shopped around to a bunch of different artists and then right. a bunch of them cut a demo and then, you know, it's, you know, and, and then suddenly it's Ariana Grande's single. So even just in that, of course, it can't be all done as a body of work. But by the end, they certainly, and artists, um, even, you know, really big artists constantly say like, there were tons of songs that I thought like could have been huge hits and were so beautiful and were so awesome and so fun, but didn't fit on the album. And, you know, and, and even thinking about, I guess this is on my mind because it dropped today. Carly Rae's album, like she dropped an entire album a year after her last album. She could have just called it a different album, but she's calling it the B-sides because it still is a part of, you know, the, the body of work that she wanted to put out into the world over the last year. And I think that's really interesting, especially in a time when there's literally no B-sides anymore. Like she doesn't have to right. do that, but yeah. she wants to like have that go through. was really interesting. She's an interesting person. Um, so who do you? Who do people compare you all to? And do you like it or do you hate it?
3: You get a lot. There are a lot of different things I wouldn't. I would say. Yeah, yeah. give a
2: good
4: one. Give a funny one. We've like the most, really most, funny most frequently
3: people talk about oh like this. Gives me Beach Boy vibes. You yes, I got that. I like Beach Boys for sure.
0: But I mean, we've so many though that I think we yeah. can ever be mad at any of them. Okay. <laughs> like if everyone was like wow you guys really sound like this band over and over and over and over i mean maybe i'll the yeah. each voice whom we all love but
1: okay good 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 you know if
0: there's some other like you know maybe like current newer band that everyone was like comparing us to i'd maybe be a little annoyed at that but it's mm-hmm. just all over the map that it's it's just fun really Someone
4: said, someone said, System of a Down, Yellow Card, and Beach Boys. And I was like, you do not know music. Like, everything. I
3: that. love that, though. And Twitter of is.
4: Dude, of course, but, like, in what way does our music
3: embody that? I don't care. I just love that comparison.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I just would like... listen to a band that was described that way.
2: Yeah. I'm not trying sure yeah, to like exactly. it, but
1: I to listen to
0: it.
2: It's making my head feel so confused. Like, what would that even sound like?
0: Yeah. A system of a down, covered, put your head on my shoulder. <laughs> I, I think I would listen to it. I would be down. Oh, my God, yeah. What? I didn't know what to say.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: thank you. Like,
4: it's it. really hard to take that in.
1: There is a really hard um, uh, fiddle part in Ocean Avenue. Do you remember that part at the end? It's like, Absolutely. I dude. I remember when I,
3: I saw Yellow Card live. Once
1: no way. At, uh, Whoa. When
3: I was like 17 or 16 years old and I was like, holy shit, this is rock and roll fiddle. You know? Right. I was definitely,
0: yeah, I was I'm definitely, yeah, I was was definitely playing violin. You know, at that time, right? It's probably what 2000, 2001, something like that. So I would have been like a very, very small kid playing violin. I definitely got a lot of people saying like, "Oh, violin is cool." Like, you know, you're not super nerdy <laughs>
1: no. because of a yellow card. Yellow card oh, saved yeah. violin. Yeah,
4: thank they God. Wow. Yeah. They saved music. They saved all of music. <laughs>
2: Um, I like that. Uh, uh,
1: this yes. is like a galaxy brain moment. This is just like not a takeaway I expected to get from this interview. <laughs> Was that yellow card saved? Music. I just I didn't expect it. <laughs>
4: Capital M.
1: I do love the Beach Boys, and I love the Beach Boys vibes in in the EP. Real like Chef's Kiss. You know, may they be happy and and flourish and. and
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. Else? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Tyler and I recording all those background vocals was uh, the last time I was ever in anyone else's house. So, oh.
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> fun memories.
0: What
3: was, was what like, what's another comparison that we've got? And Tyler gave his like crazy one, but what's another like more realistic one? I don't remember.
2: I don't think we've ever been compared to Nickelback, but I think I've had dreams of it because when I'm <laughs> thinking about it, it sounds like someone has to me, but I yeah. can't remember that ever if only.
1: Wow.
0: Well, I, that's I feel like I would like that. that you'd be okay with that oh yeah they must be rich as hell
1: oh yeah oh they're doing fine they're doing just fine goodness how did they become synonymous with like like bad white music i mean kind of because they make some bad white music but like a lot of people do i i don't know how did how did that happen to them i feel kind of bad for them sometimes
2: yeah i i think honestly for them like some of their songs were actually just like a little bit too good you know like, and I, I actually do well, mean they that, rose, They rose
0: to the top of yeah. those like mediocre. Yeah. What, the, what do people call them like? Uh, there were thousands of their them. own rock, early 2000s, you know. Yeah. Creed. Bud, all of those bands. Creed. They rose to the top of them. And so, of course, they're going to be the the direction. All
2: those bands right. are like immediately clownable. Like yes. for their image and music video. Like all that stuff, the whole perspective. It's really
0: silly, but. They also don't seem to like make themselves part of the joke, you know. Exactly, yeah. So, I think yes. hurts. Like no one really want
1: to do more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Like insane clown posse know that they're insane con posse and that's like their shtick. And I think Nickelback takes themselves really seriously. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so true. I think that's a part of it. Another, um, like this is not exactly in the Nickelback category, but just came to mind because, um, a band that my dad still talks about and I have to be like, dad, they're not famous anymore is Hoobastank. He's always like, how's Hoobastank? And song. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, listen, the reason, it slaps. Love it. It was great. Great middle school vibes for me. But And I wish them the best, Dad. But they are just not. He, like last week, he was like, how's Stink? And I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't think they're like really doing. I'm not sure they're doing fine, but they're certainly not. There's no more the reason. There's nothing like
0: that. Right. I wonder how much more money they made back then on a one hit like that than someone would now on Spotify or whatever. Like how many people people went to, you know, Kmart and bought that CD because they it on the radio and nowadays they would get like pennies, you know, from Spotify for having a similar sized hit.
1: That's so true. I haven't
3: heard someone talk about Kmart in a very long time. (laughs) You didn't buy
0: your CDs at Kmart, dude? I don't know, They had cheap. They were cheap. They were. <laughs> yeah. Really? Like, for real.
1: Yeah. I was a Borders girl. I would All get right. my CDs at Borders.
0: Borders, Barnes and Noble. FYE.
1: Did anyone or tar- else get Yeah.
0: I got my got first Weird Al album there. Oh, which one?
2: Ooh. Which Weird Al album? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm a fan. Just letting I think, you know. Didn't you have one that was um, like the Nevermind <laughs> cover knockoff?
0: Well, I mean, uh, the me... one that had Smells Like Nirvana on it, or was the cover that I thought there was
2: a cover like
0: that. Um, uh, maybe oh where he was naked
2: yeah 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 instead
0: of the baby that does come to mind yeah because i think it was that one clearly i'm not a big as big as big of a fan as i thought it was <laughs> <laughs> I, don't yeah, I don't know if this like, is true like, like, at all
3: true. but like I, someone told me at one point that there's like there's an accordion festival near where i grew up in california and there's a statue hmm. of a man playing an accordion in the park and someone convinced me again don't know if this is true or not that was weird al's father and it might be, like, I'm really on the fence. I don't know if they were telling me the truth or not.
1: Wow. Pretty, well, then, well, then it is. If it is in your heart, then it is. And that's the truth.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know if it's in my heart, but it's in my head. At least. Right, exactly.
1: I love it. Um, well, we've really gone on a journey tonight. Um, before we wrap up, I'd I'd just love to know what what are your – Final thoughts in terms of um, what else you want people to know about this EP, what it means to you, what you hope it means to people, what you're excited about now that it's out in the world. What are your thoughts about Death of Pop?
2: God bless, you know, one and all. Um, (laughs) Hope you like the EP. If you don't, that's okay. We'll make more music and maybe you'll like that music. I, uh
4: as not joe i'd like to say we always look at every piece of our work as an insight into joe's psychology to some point mm. because as the lyricist and really the structural engineer of the band joe's putting a lot on his consciousness and we just like yeah. to really just take that and 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 go with it and you know yeah, so love if him you,
0: if you have any issues of it with it you know bring it up to him yeah i think is what we mean yeah Um, no, I really hope people like it. And and I even more so really hope that, you know, in two years or 10 years, whenever we can play a show again, people want to come. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Post quarantine party, for sure. Well, this was such a pleasure to have you all. Um, I'm gonna ask you to let us know in, a, in just a moment um, how we can find you on the interwebs and stay connected. Um, but first, just to close, that's our show. Thank you all so much um, for being here. This was really a treat to have an interview and, and talk about um, everything from your new EP that you are so proud of to Weird Al's Dad and just you know the different things in between. Um, and as for you all, the listeners, we love to talk with you, as you know, especially between seasons. So follow us on Instagram at listen to the B-sides on Twitter. We're at, um, the B-sides pod. You should definitely join our Facebook group. In my opinion, it's the only fun part of Facebook anymore by searching the B-sides or go to, um, a short link, bitly dot slash B-sides FB group. Please subscribe. It really helps. Um, and definitely rate and review us on iTunes five stars please because you love this interview we will see you when season two drops um uh, frass green how do we find you on the internet
2: just frass green that's like grass green but with an f instead of a g uh you cool. search that on instagram facebook twitter you'll find us
0: we got great seo it's great we're yeah, s-
2: yeah crazy seo Twitter for sure Twitter.
1: good for you all and where <laughs> can people find the album
2: Uh, That's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's pretty much anywhere I think that you'd listen to music. Um, Yeah, search Frass Green. Is it at Kmart? It's at. Oh shoot! (laughs) It
3: better be or I'm
2: out. Um, We'll have to. We'll we'll make some drop-offs if you if you write to us and let us know your nearest Kmart. We'll we'll drop off some CDs there for you to pick up.
1: Something to look forward to. Thank you all so much (laughs) until the next time we cut to the feeling I'm Hannah Zoe, Becky and Mimi. I can't wait to record with you again. I miss you. Bye everybody.